0: Welcome to the Energy Transition podcast. My name is Ronan Kavanagh, editor of World Energy Opinion, and I'm here today to discuss our recently released top 100 green utilities report with its author, energy intelligence senior reporter, and analyst, Philippe Roos. Thank you for joining us, Philippe.
1: Thank you, and good, uh, good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are.
0: Um, So firstly, Philippe, could you explain to the uninitiated what this report does?
1: Well, first of all, uh, even though it's called the Green Utilities Report, it's actually about uh, power generators. So some of those are utilities, but some of them are pure generators or what? what's commonly called an independent power producer, an IPP. Uh, So we've selected a group of uh, over 150 of those companies from across the world, and we've ranked them for their greenness, uh, meaning their low climate impact. So it's not their greenness in terms of low pollution or, or in terms of how much nuclear waste they generate, it's it's only about their low climate impact. Uh, the rankings are calculated using a system of points in which uh, each company is awarded up to 200 points, uh, 100 of them Uh, are based on emissions intensity or the CO2 emitted by uh, megawatt hour generated and the other 100 on uh, uh, renewable capacity, uh, especially on non-hydro renewable capacity, basically solar and wind. And the top 100, uh, just to give a rough indication, represents uh, almost 50% of the world's uh, power generating capacity.
0: Now, the ranking's in its 10th year now. I mean, what are the big changes you've seen o- over that period?
1: Uh, Well, since the first ranking, the total capacity in the ranking has increased by about 15% to 3,300 gigawatts, up from uh, 2,900 uh, 10 years ago. Uh, but in the meantime, non-hydro renewables have more than tripled to almost 500 gigawatts, which uh, accounts for almost 15%. Of uh, total capacity in the ranking, that's up to just over a hundred or four percent originally. Uh, And if you add to these non-hydro-renewables, so to uh, wind and solar, if you add hydropower and nuclear, which are also uh, carbon-free, carbon-free assets now account for almost 1,500 gigawatts or 45% of the rankings capacity up from 35, which also means, by the way, that fossil fuels still represent uh, more than half, about 55% of the capacity down from sixty-five percent in twenty
0: eleven, So still a way to go. But how has the emissions intensity of this power production changed over the decade?
1: It it, it has decreased on average by about three point five percent annually, which is which is quite uh, uh, over the past ten years, which is quite remarkable. Uh, because if if that was sustained over the current decade, it would allow companies. To slash emissions by about fifty percent uh, between twenty ten and twenty thirty, which is basically what experts say is necessary, is the first step, basically, towards uh, carbon neutrality in twenty fifty.
0: Well, that's certainly encouraging. But w- w- what are the big drivers of this? What's what's pushing it?
1: Well, it's largely due to the switch, the progressive switch of uh, of of large companies of large incumbents' capacity uh, to more renewables and among fossil fuel capacity to more gas and less coal. Uh, That's one thing. It's also due, uh, on the other end, to the emergence of uh, specialized companies, specialized power generators, such as, for example, Axiona, Spanish uh, Infrastructure and Energy Company, which has been ranked first. Uh, this year, and it's the seventh time in a row, uh, companies like GreenCo, an Indian uh, IPP, which is a newcomer in the ranking, which is, uh, which is third, or a company like Invenergy in the US, which is a, 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 an IPP, which is operating quite interestingly, a mix of renewable and gas assets.
0: And speaking of newcomers, uh,
1: yes, so newcomer. We have for the first time this year an oil company, which is Total or Total Energies uh, of France, which uh, entered the ranking in the fifteenth position, one five this year. Uh, and it's possible that some uh, of its European peers, some of the other big uh, oil companies in Europe, uh, follow in the next few years, at least based on their renewables targets, which are quite ambitious
0: interesting, something to watch for. But can you tell us now a little bit more about the top 10 on on, on that list?
1: Yeah, the top 10 this year includes uh, five European companies, uh, three Chinese and one U.S. company. And for the first time, this uh, Indian company I just mentioned, Greenco. Uh, All of these 10 companies have at least half and sometimes all of their generating capacity in carbon-free technologies. Uh, And that includes the incumbent utilities, which are part of the top tens, which is especially remarkable, because these companies have to have to deal with uh, legacy capacity, with legacy fossil fuel capacity. So they have at the same time to handle this, this capacity and to progressively retire it and uh, build or acquire new renewable capacity. To, together, the top ten uh, own about a bit over twenty, uh, a bit over three hundred gigawatts of uh, carbon-free capacity. That's about three quarters of of their capacity, and that includes about thirty-five percent in uh, non-hydro renewables. So, it, again, basically wind and solar, about. 25% of hydropower and 15% in in nuclear which is which is part of, uh, of, of the carbon free technologies and this translates uh, quite interestingly in an average emissions uh, amount of just over 100 kilograms per megawatt hour which is rather low uh, which Means in, in 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 tons about 150 million tons of CO2 emitted last year, which is down 85 percent from what the top ten emitted in 2011. It was emitting over one billion tons. So change it. I mean, it it, it wasn't the same companies, but it's the it's a different top ten, and it's it's a very different amount of, of CO2.
0: It is, isn't it? But at the same time, it's not all clean energy that's been added to kind of world world, world supply, is it?
1: No, it's not. Uh, I mean, companies continue to shift their portfolios to add more renewables and to reduce emissions, but there are st- many of them are still expanding fossil capacity. Uh, last year, for example, wind, uh, solar, and hydropower accounted for uh, 70% of new generation uh, added by companies in the ranking, which means that the other 30%, percent—that's some nuclear in the other 30%, but it's all it's almost entirely fossil fuels. Uh, And the companies in the the ranking have added uh, about 50 gigawatts, five zero, of fossil capacity. It was mostly in China, and uh, more surprisingly, in Europe as well.
0: Really? In in Europe? That's, that's surprising indeed. It, it, it's
1: surprising and it's exceptional. It's, ac- it's actually due to the fact that Fortum, a Finnish company, uh, became the majority shareholder of Uniper, a German company which, is, uh, which owns 30 gigawatts of uh, fossil fuel assets and this caused Fortum to fall from 40th uh, position last year to 60th position this year. Uh, Uniper is a German company, as I said, which was formed in 2016 when uh, one of the big two German utilities Eon spun off its fossil fuel assets, and uh, y- 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 Uniper took uh, what was the new company created to to handle this, this fossil fuel capacity. And quite, which is what's interesting is that while uh, Uniper is mostly fossil fuel based, it star- it's still targeting net zero. Uh, carbon emissions in Europe by 2035, it's not even 2050, it's 2035, and that's uh, that would be accomplished through a combination of uh, core retirement on the one hand and investment in new technologies such as energy storage, hydrogen and carbon capture on the other hand.
0: And what about E.ON? I didn't see it in the rankings at all this year.
1: Yeah, that's correct, uh, because following the, the spin-off of Uniper, EON went one step further uh, in the past two years, and they sold their renewable business to to RW, the RWE, the other uh, big German in- utility, in exchange for a, a stake in, in that company. And that basically caused EON, uh, which was ranked fourth last year, to leave the ranking as it's, it's no longer a generator. Uh, that's except uh, some nuclear assets that the company was forced to keep that is, that's going to be retired soon. So, so basically, fr- from now on, uh, E.ON will solely focus on grids and retail supply, just like some other big utilities, uh, particularly in the U.S. Companies like uh, Coned uh, in New York or Sempra Energy in California, which are big utilities, but with almost no generating capacity
0: so a very different kind of business model but we're we're seeing regional differences that are considerable too aren't we so let's have a look at those can we just europe first as, as we be there with with the on and Ford. yeah
1: yeah actually i mean it makes sense because young to talk about europe first because the the transition has had its most dramatic impact on uh, on european utilities uh, on European oil companies, also as well as uh, by the way, uh, since 20, 2011, uh, European utilities, uh, European generators in the ranking, have added almost seventy gigawatts of wind and solar capacity, while retiring twice that amount, uh, one hundred and forty gigawatts of fossil fuel assets, uh, which caused a two-thirds fall in total emissions and a fifty five percent drop in uh, emission. In, in emissions intensity, which is now uh, 175 uh, kilograms per megawatt hour, just just below uh, 200, uh, down from twice that amount, down twi- down from over 400 uh, kilograms per megawatt hour ten years ago, and uh, some of the big European utilities are uh, are becoming uh, massive. Uh, global operators of, of, uh, of renewable, uh, renewable energy. They, they include, for example, Iberdrola in Spain, Enel in Italy, uh, EDF and Engie in France, uh, RW in, or an ANBW in Germany, Ørsted in Denmark, or EDP in uh, Portugal. So kind of getting
0: further along that kind of transition pathway. But what about the US then? I mean, it's playing catch-up, presumably.
1: Yes. Uh, actually, US companies in the ranking are following uh, a similar trajectory. Uh, they are still a bit behind, but it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's quite encouraging, I would say. Uh, they have added some 40 gigawatts of renewables and retired almost 200 gigawatts of fossil fuel capacity uh, since 2011 that caused a drop of 60% in carbon emissions and almost 50% in emissions intensity. And and indeed, most U.S. utilities have now uh, set climate goals, which are in line with their European peers, and they are targeting, like the Europeans, net zero emissions by 2050, or sometimes before 2050. Uh, Nextera Energy, for example, which is the best-ranking U.S. utility, uh, they don't... Have uh, longer-term goals yet, but they are committed to cutting emissions intensity by two-thirds uh, between two and 2005 and 2025, uh, which is quite quite a lot.
0: Okay, so that gap will kind of close a bit. But what about China? It 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 it's the you know the, probably the most important when it comes to the kind of climate equation.
1: Indeed, and and actually Chinese companies have dramatically grown, but they have grown, dramatically grown in all generating technologies. Uh, in renewables, they have added a quite impressive 200 plus gigawatts of wind and solar uh, about 100 gigawatts of uh, hydropower since 2011 but they've also they've, they've added basically the same amount of fossil fuel capacity about uh, 300 gigawatts and and that's mostly coal-fired capacity and the combination of that caused uh, their total emissions to grow by uh, by 25 percent their emissions intensity declined uh, but didn't decline a lot it declined by a relatively modest 25 percent
0: and what about elsewhere in asia where you know coal is big too uh
1: it's uh, it's uh, worse i would say in terms of emissions because other asian companies also rely heavily on coal and not so much on, on renewables not as much as the chinese companies and they're actually uh, among the few global generators that are, that are still considering new coal projects uh, and therefore they populate the bottom part of the ranking and they include companies such as Agat in Thailand, Tata Power in, in India, Kepco in South Korea, uh, Taiwan Power or uh, TNB in Malaysia.
0: And finally, Middle East, can we look how at that? How does it compare?
1: Well, incumbent generators in the Middle East uh, also rank poorly, just like the, the East Asian companies, because like them, they invest relatively little uh, or, or sometimes very little in renewables. And a large chunk of their generating fleet is not coal fired, uh, but is made of uh, inefficient and therefore carbon intensive steam cycle plants, which are fired by gas or sometimes by oil. Uh, They include companies like Tavanir in Iran, Sonel Gas in Algeria, or Saudi Electricity. There are also some companies in the region, uh, such as Dewa in Dubai, or Aqua Power in Saudi Arabia, or Taka in Abu Dhabi, which perform a bit better, uh, because on the one hand, they have a more modern uh, fossil fossil fuel-fired fleet with uh, combined cycle gas turbines, which are often... Uh, operated uh, in combination with seawater desalination and they are increasingly involved in, uh, in renewable projects.
0: Very interesting and thank you Philippe for coming and sharing those insights with us today.
1: Thank you very much. It was uh, very very good.
0: And for, to all our listeners, the report can be downloaded from free for from our website www.energyintel.com and we hope that we find you find that useful. So that just leaves it for me now to say thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. And we look forward to you joining us again for the next Energy Transition podcast in the new year.